and welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels. I am your host, Jessica. This is my <laughs> quick update or quickly put together podcast, I guess you could say, because some things happen on timing. So thankfully, Carrie, who is a patron, but also even more than that, she's a friend, has graciously stepped in and we are talking about The Princess Bride. We're in... I'm not sure how people are going to react to my my own reactions, but we'll see. I hope you enjoy it. I had a ball recording it and talking about it. So let's get on with some housework a little bit. Now, this is the end of March, which means it is the end of Magic Month. But have no fear, because April will be Cinderella Month. <laughs> yep. So we're going from one to the other. And if you hear any sniffling, I am so sorry. I am not sick. It is the spring, and that means my allergies are back. It kind of comes with the territory now, guys. Probably for the next like month or two. I can't wait to talk to you about Cinderella Month. I will talk, discuss it a little bit more at the end. Just to get you ready for the next, you know, upcoming things that are going to be going on. But I'm mentioning it because... Cinderella has magic in it, and yet it's a separate month. Why not? You can't really go wrong with any kind of fairy tale retellings, in my opinion, and that's basically what The Princess Bride is, right? It's like a a view of it. A less damaging The Last Unicorn, we'll say. And I mean, Fury Rising was mythology, which is all the kind of same thing, so it kind of just works together. Now, I want to say thank you to my patrons, to Marlena, the Elm Sisters, Carrie from Muppet Profiles, also the guest today, and Kelly from Boobies and Newbies. Thank you guys so much. If you would like to give me money, <laughs> I guess, you can always check out patreon.com slash damselspodcast just to kind of see. There's like a dollar level. You know, I, I made sure because... I'm not that girl, so I was like, it kind of isn't fair to keep one down. But, you know, that's the wallflower, and that gets you, like, access, you know, your name and stuff like that. So, there are benefits. Go check it out. I cannot wait until <laughs> you listen to this episode, so I'm going to let you get there now. Enjoy all about <laughs> The Princess Bride. So I am back with Carrie, who very graciously said she would come back on the podcast because I had to do some flipping and reversing and rescheduling stuff. And quite frankly, I, I couldn't read fast enough. As fast as I read, I would not be able to read a book fast enough. And I, I did a lot of mini reviews already on the books I already read this month. <laughs> so I was kind of in a, in a bind. And Carrie was very gracious enough to come in because she's awesome. Well, I'm so glad to come in. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we get to talk about this wonderful movie. I know, because we're talking about... The Princess Bride. Yes. And this was your suggestion. So I was like, okay, cool. We can do this. I know this movie. I've seen it often enough. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, bless you too, because those of us in Germany don't always have access to, to movies the way Americans do, so... But I was enough to, I was able to watch enough to kind of like refresh memory points because it's been five or six years since I last saw it. So 
Yeah, I, I see like, it at I least like once a year. I love it. At least once a year, I'll watch it sometimes more. It's just such a, a, you know, near and dear to my heart. And then, like I was telling you the other day, my husband and I, when we got married, we actually played the storybook love. That was the song I walked out to. Um, we had kind of a non, I mean, a very non-traditional wedding. So I had my, my friends and my sister, my friend and my sister, they had my train and I was walking out and um, they were playing that song. And later my friend said like, oh, that was the best wedding entrance ever. So, so yeah, I, I appreciated that. But yeah, it was just, it was just perfect. I love that song so much. I'm really glad because I thought that was a really interesting way of um, getting married to like having something important walk you down the aisle. Because mm-hmm. like when I got married, it was whatever the... Uh, City Hall gave us like they had like they just have a package you have to pay for because you can't get like you can get married in a church but mm-hmm. it's much less common yeah it's easier like you go you go it's kind of like at home when you go to the like county office and you just get married like you know that way but my particular place had like a where I got married they had a wedding venue that they did you know on certain days of the month and stuff like that and it was an old like a cigar factory that they had like converted from you know pre-war era oh that's cool and so yeah and so like if if anyone saw my video last year when i got married um you can actually see some of like the old like woodwork and stuff like that but we didn't get to choose things like songs or whatever because like we didn't have that it, it wasn't quite that customizable right so I, I like hearing about it when people can put a little bit of their personality into their wedding yeah we we really had fun with that um it was definitely definitely nice and you know very non-traditional wedding but yeah we loved that we were able to put the princess bride in there it was just it was just so us it was perfect you non-traditional never oh yeah no no not me no 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 <laughs> i would never think that of you oh yeah no no you're, I know it's you're a straight laced all the way mm-hmm. i am it's true <laughs> I mean, I just, I can't not see you as straight laced at this point. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do things my own way. So, yeah, and I definitely was definitely like that for my wedding, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what inspired you to have that for the wedding? Like, I mean, like, what, what was your thought process for it? Like, did you just go like, I love it? Or it was like, there was something, like, beyond the, like, was there something in the Princess Bride that just made it to where you both were like, no, we have to do this? I don't think there was any. I think it was just that I loved the song. I don't think there was anything. I think, it, I don't know. There's just something magical about it. And like we played the instrumental version. It wasn't singing, the singing version. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. It just kind of fit the theme of our, I mean, we didn't really have a theme, but like, I don't know. It just kind of fit. I think I didn't, there wasn't anything in it. Like some of the other things we did were a little more, um, we put a more, a little more thought into, like there was this song we played, you know, major Trekkie, like no secret there, but, um, it was, um, uh, it was a song from one of the episodes where, um, it's a flute song. And we did that, um, because I love the show, but also because my husband's late father loved the show too. So that was kind of a nod to him. And, um, yeah, we also did, um, we did a song from The Hobbit, and that was because my husband loved it. But yeah, I think Storybook Love was just um, we both love The Princess Bride, and it just kind of um, it just kind of fit for our wedding. I think. I was very surprised we didn't have Muppet in there somewhere. We did we have Muppets? We had we had Piggy we had Piggy and Kermit on top of our cake. <laughs> I knew there had to 
be a Muppet somewhere because if anyone is not aware, you run Muppet profiles. I do. I frequently retweet and and <laughs> do that with. But yes, yes, we we did have Muppets. We we definitely we wanted we thought about playing the the somebody's getting married song, but my cousin beat me to it and did that at her wedding a few years before, so so that didn't happen. Rude. But yeah, right. No, hi cousin. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> so we just had Piggy and Kermit on top of our cake instead, and it was really I ordered it from I think someone on eBay made it and it was just really cute like piggy was wearing this little like seafoam green dress and she had kermit with her and it was it's just adorable and we still have it somewhere i think piggy fell off it though so we'll have to glue her back but um yeah (laughs) yes we we had muppets too we we managed to squeeze a lot of our, our nerdy thing the nerdy things we love into our wedding okay i just wanted to clarify because again like Muppets are a major part of your life, mm-hmm. so I wanted to make sure they were included to go with the other major things in your life. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I don't think there would have been any way that they would have not been included. That was one of the things um, when we first started dating. That was one of the first things we talked about, and we watched the first season of the Muppet Show together. And yeah, yeah. The, the, there was no way the Muppets were not going to be in our wedding. I I didn't think that was going to be possible either. I just. Clarity is the key to our friendship here. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So have you read the book? I have not. Bad librarian. Um, No, I have not read the book. Have you? I have not. But I brought it up because I was watching. Um, I mentioned this earlier off, off recording, but I was watching Carrie um, El- Elvice? Elvice. Something like that. Yeah. Elvice, him. Yeah. him. Um, I was watching him on on a Google Talks from 2014 when they when the book came out, and they were talking about how, you know, he had read the book before he was in the movie. He read the book when he was like 13, so he knew the source material. Right. And he loved it, and so <laughs> he was talking about how like he was like you know um, Rob Reiner and everyone had like you know requested he you know show up to audition for it and he was like okay sure because he just got done doing like this indie little film and he was young and he was like this is awesome this is great and so he went there and he said the the first thing he did was just to introduce himself he was like he did the fat albert's hey 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 mm-hmm. that sounds like him he does so many voices like you wouldn't think that looking at wesley but yes <laughs> yeah and so like but it was like really funny because like you you can see where his knowledge of the material obviously got him the job as well. Yes. Because it means that the they'll know what's going on. Like, not just within the story of the movie, but within the plot. And they can kind of... Sometimes it's nice to be able to throw in little additions and kind of improv a little bit. And if you know what you're improving, it makes it a whole lot easier, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know because... I don't do any kind of theater. I run from the camera. I run from the stage. Never been my thing. So, but I don't know. I had only assumed that it would be very much easier because it was so, it was something that he obviously really loved if he remembered it, you know, 10 years later. Because he was only 23 when he was cast. He was so young. They were so young. Oh my gosh. Like, he was a baby. That's actually what my husband said. So it was like, he was a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Robin Wright was, I think she was like 20, maybe. She was also a baby. So young. And like, and then you like see like the other, like the other age of the other actors, like Andre the Giant, who was clearly not. Because like, I remember watching, I should mention, I remember watching Andre the Giant in wrestling when I was growing up. Because I'm from the South, so wrestling 
not not wrestling but wrestling is you know yeah it's like it's a whole thing and so i remember watching him and then you know i i don't think mandy had done anything yet that i knew him much from because i like i knew him i mostly know him from chicago hope like that's like everyone else knows him from like you should people say like princess bride or csi i know him from chicago hope because that was one of my godmother's favorite shows and we'd watch them like every week on cbs so i remember chicago hope more but um you know i and i knew i didn't know um oh heck the guy vincini uh wally sean yeah wally sean that yeah i keep i keep wanting to call him like clueless just as my brain oh, yeah the guy clueless. yeah the teacher from clueless yeah mm-hmm. yeah like that's like i i know him more from that just because like i was like what i think 14 when clueless came out and it was like it's the Guys, it's the only adaption of Emma that you will ever see me say I like. Mm-hmm. Because I really don't like Jane Austen, which I know, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to get a barrage of comments about that, but I, just, I don't like Jane Austen. And it's so, too strong, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, she's not my jam. And so I was like, okay. I, I you know, I, I watched it again. I was like, it's him. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like my favorite, my favorite parts of it were um, not even Billy Crystal. It's Carol Kane. She's so funny. Liar, liar. (laughs) Right. Well, see, like I'm like when I see her, I think of Scrooge, which is filmed around the same time, I believe. And so my head is just full of her, like her voice. Mm -hmm. And I loved her in Scrooge. I have to say that, like, like she's like Scrooge is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Mostly because I like the fact that <laughs> Bill Murray's getting like the crap like knocked out of yes. him half the time. <laughs> I, you know, like I I appreciate the genius on film, but he's kind of a dick, and I don't like dicks, so mm. uh, so I can appreciate this value. Yes. <laughs> Same reason I liked Stripes because he kept getting the crap beaten out of yes. him when he was in the army. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> like I think of Carol, and I'm just like I can imagine like you know the the ghost of the present yeah the ghost of the present i can imagine her in that way in in the role of the princess bride like i can see why they casted her the way they did perfect because i'm because like and i also remember her from oh god i want to say she was on taxi too she might have been yeah i think she was she was um andy kaufman's which i'm not old enough to remember taxi everyone but like because i was born in 81 so but I remember watching it on Nick at Night. I used to watch a lot of Nick at Night as a kid because oh, I love too. older TV me shows. Me too. Me too. And I want to say she was Andy Kaufman's, uh, his character's girlfriend or something at the time. Because I remember watching that and watching Cheers at the same time and going, okay, but Rhea Perlman is not Carol mm-hmm. but But they play the same roles. So I'm very, like, so my brain was just like, oh, no, this works because then you got Danny DeVito and both ways for them so that's fine mm-hmm. uh, but you know it just it's one of those things of like you know the people from other things and so it, it's always fun to kind of when you rewatch it i put them the characters that i know them best from in those roles mm-hmm. yeah have you seen stranger things i have not ah he carrie always he plays the mayor in the third season and oh. yeah yeah it was a really like just total slimeball character and he just was brilliant <laughs> really really good movie or uh, show rather such a good show i love it and i don't usually like that kind of um that kind of horror like i don't usually like that but it's such a good show and yeah like i said he was brilliant very very talented actor very funny and 
I listened to the audiobook version of his book and he um, he narrated it and it's just it's really really good I highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in the book uh, it's called as you wish and um, mm -hmm. he's amazing he's amazing oh and funny funny thing about um about Billy Crystal and Carol King um so I was watching this, uh, I think it was a Watch Mojo video where they were talking about facts about the the film. And I should probably fact check this, but that's where I, this is where I heard it. But um, I guess Mandy Patinkin bruised a rib because he was trying so hard not to laugh at Billy Crystal's improv. I can believe it. I, can, I mean, Billy Crystal's a funny guy. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Like, I could totally see that. Um. And he was like peak 80s comedy too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was that was shortly before when Harry met Sally. And yeah, he was definitely peak 80s comedy back then, you know. And like a couple yeah. years before City Slickers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, they, I think he was still doing the thing with um, Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg then, right? I think that was right around the same time he was doing the Comedian's Relief. Comic comedy Relief. Movie. Yeah, Comic Relief. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that was Because I remember watching that on time, HBO yeah. as a kid, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that too. That's how I know him. Like all these other things I've seen him in, I always think of him as the HBO special guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how we do, like you were saying, you know, kind of associate people with certain roles. Like to me, he's Harry, um, and then, I mean, Carrie always he'll always be Wesley to me, and um, and Wally Shawn, the guy who played Vincini, like he's either like I think of him as Vincini, but I also think of him as the Grand Nagus from Deep Space Nine. So, um, so he's kind of got he's kind of split for me there, but. Um, Oh, and then Christopher Guest. We didn't talk about him. He, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. he's so funny. And it's interesting to see him in this role because he's just so um, uptight and uh, like proper. And and then you go and watch him in films like Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show and A Mighty Wind. And he's just, he's so goofy. And that's not Count Rogan at all. So it's, I, I really liked seeing that side of him. Uh, He's such a good actor because if you look at him in some of these other films, like you, it's hard to tell that this is the same person playing those roles. He was really, really good, I think. Yeah, I, I think they did a really good job casting in this movie. Yes, I think they did an excellent job. Because the cast kind of like carries a movie, no pun intended. Um, they kind of carry the movie because at some parts it can feel a little bit long, mm -hmm. but it's the the actor work that kind of makes it work yeah right like mm -hmm. there are some scenes where it's like okay <laughs> i got you because mm -hmm. i mean that's like you know it's just it's it's one of those like adhd things that we're just like okay we have to move now mm -hmm. yes <laughs> my brain starts to trail like my my brain will trail off after like two or three minutes of things that i really enjoy that i could like quote to you and my brain will still just travel on off some other way same same that's just how my brain works like mm -hmm. you know there's a reason why i do like two i do two of these a month because i can handle that if i did more than that nothing would ever come out because my husband and i would never be able to keep up with it mm -hmm. yeah that's why with our podcast um with muppet profiles we we've committed like we decided when we decided to do the podcast like we wanted to it's hard sometimes when you have adhd to try to commit to things because like for me anyway there's always this fear like what if i don't follow through and mm -hmm. because that happens i have sometimes i have a hard time following through because of my my focus issues so we decided we were going to commit to one year and if we want to keep doing it after that we will and if not that's okay too and we're just going to do one episode a month maybe you know maybe two but just one a month and um 
and so far it's worked out and we originally it was going to be a rewatch of the muppet show but um it just wasn't working we just weren't getting up the uh the focus to do it and now that um muppet the muppet show has been released on disney plus um there are a whole bunch of other rewatch podcasts now so um I'm glad we didn't go that route. And then what we've done with our podcast instead. This is so nice. I get to plug my podcast. Um. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. But it's a fun podcast. And, yeah. and I have to admit, like, openly, I've been a guest, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We've gonna, we'll have another episode with you two soon. And, yeah, so coming out soon. We just recorded the other day, so we get to talk yeah. twice this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the way we did it was we were like, okay, we should have guests on. And if we have guests, then that will motivate us to get this episodes out because the guests are going to want it to get out. And that's yes. really worked for us. So yeah, you really do have to um, find your own way to stay focused and to, um, yeah, to manage things when you have ADHD. And yeah, sometimes it just takes a little finagling to figure out what works. But um yeah, that's how we're managing it with the podcast, and yeah. And like, and you've had interesting, get, like you've had interesting, like profiles because, like, we should mention the profiles are someone comes and talks about and like you know um, Muppets that they enjoy and why they enjoy them and little things here and there. Uh, I did Grover, which was great. That was really everyone fun. Loves Grover. Grover's so, amazing. Grover, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I also just did one on Skeeter, which was a little bit different because it's harder to find content because she's like basically disappeared from the Right, planet. right. For like, for like 25 years, she was just no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's interesting because it's like you're doing character detail in a different way mm-hmm. because you do a lot of research and stuff. And, you know, kind of roll it back over to here to Princess Bride before we go off on our tangents again. Right, yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's a very common thing, listeners. We do it all the time. Like, we talked for an hour before we started recording. We did. That's um, true. <laughs> but, but bringing it up, like, you know, like, how you see the characters kind of affects how you enjoy media. Mm-hmm, it's Especially true. visual media. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're attached to a character, like, I'm attached to Carol's character, obviously, because I love her. Um, you know, you, you see things a little bit differently than other people. And it's nice to be able to talk about that, you know, yeah. like give a different point of view to what you may not see. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah, it is great to talk about that. I'm wondering, like, Inigo is one of the characters I'm drawn to. I, I think he's such an interesting character. How, mm-hmm. how much he loved his father and how much that hurt him when his father was murdered. That was... That was very powerful. And then that, I remember when I was a kid, when I first watched the movie, like, um, I remember when, like, the Count Rogan threw the dagger at him and, and, um, and it, you know, he, he got hit with a dagger. And I'm like, Mom, no, he can't die. He's the good guy. And my mom was saying, sometimes the good guys die, Carrie. Um, but he didn't, thankfully. But I remember being very distressed for a short amount of time there. <laughs> but, also, like, yeah. Really bad timing on life lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of bad timing. Yep. Like, maybe up it, like, a couple years. <laughs> Didn't talk about that? Yeah, yeah, that was, you know, a li- little young for that, but, um, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, so that, that was a really, and that scene when he and Count Rogan are fighting, and he's doing the, like, I want my father back, you son of a bitch yeah. line, like, that just, like, ugh, so powerful. 
And I actually watched an interview with Mandy recently where he was talking about um, how his favorite line was the end, one of the last lines where he was telling Wesley about how he'd been in the revenge business for so long that he didn't didn't know what to do with himself anymore. And yeah, yeah um, Mandy said he liked that because he thinks revenge is pointless. So yeah, it was interesting to hear his take on that. Um, it's interesting to hear the, the actors' takes on their characters. And I was trying to find this before we did the show and I cannot find it. I, I hopefully will, but there was an interview with Robin Wright somewhere where she was saying that all the men got to be funny and she didn't. Like all the yeah, men. She, yeah. She had to be a straight character the entire movie. There was no like she wasn't allowed to be almost part of the adventure. She was an element of the adventure, but she wasn't a part of it. Yeah, that's that's one of my few complaints about the movie. Like one thing that drives me nuts is that scene in the fire swamp where like Wesley's fighting with that giant rodent and she's just standing there and it's like grab a branch or something, knock it on the head, you know, like you're just watching him roll it like, ugh, I hate that. But, you know, otherwise, I mean, I don't really have too many other complaints other than that, but that's always bugged me. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, so we we all have established that the Kevin Costner Prince of Thieves is awful in many ways mm-hmm. but one thing i like is i like the fact that maid marion fights back openly and defiantly mm-hmm. and i think that was one thing i wanted from from you know from buttercup the princess yeah, yeah well as i said the princess in, in the role um not so much as a character but just like in general i want to see the princess fight back yes yes in right general, like absolutely. i don't like i get i get the damsels in distress i mean deconstructing damsels is a reason but also like i also want to to have if something is so subversive i want to subverse that trope as well mm-hmm. yes you know like i'm not saying she has to be like you know xena mm-hmm. but you know like like you said like grab a grab a branch or do something to to make it an easier fight for the guy who's fighting for you mm-hmm. like be part of the action like like i said you don't have to do a lot just like uh, we were mentioning the eels. Yeah. Well, see, earlier because we were talking yeah. about we we're talking about alligators in Atlanta because that's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about it, but what I liked about that is that she was like subtly defiant in those moments as well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I was, was gonna mention that she see, was more active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, she the character had it in her. You know, like they yeah. could have easily like had her at least like bonking the rat on the head or something. Um. You know, if they're going to have her jump out of a boat and then swim in eel-infested waters, I, you know, they could have her, like, try to fight back with a big rat. <laughs> but, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if nothing else, just, like, jump up and grab, like, the smallest switch you can find and just, like, swat it. Right. Like, have it turn on you. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, Wesley can kill him. Right. Kill exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that, that whole scene, I tell you what. The fire swamp, though, that was really that was such an interesting thing where like they fell on the sand or like they went in the, um, the quicksand and then the fire and oh yeah. And her dress caught on fire. And that was the first scene that she filmed actually I saw in one of the specials. Um, so the first scene she filmed was when they lit her on fire. So that was interesting for her, <laughs> but yeah, Rob, it was an interview with Rob Reiner. That's right. Yeah, so that was Robin Wright's first scene. When you watch the movie, you see her caught on fire. That was the first one. Well, I wonder if that actually explains somewhat of the passive actions as well. Mm. Because it was the first day or the first like scene of filming. Mm-hmm. So maybe she hadn't hit her groove yet. Maybe not. 
Maybe not. Because her because her position was very different from the guys because they were all fighting mm-hmm. or like you know scheming or something like they were being very active in their in their roles and maybe she didn't really know how to take it or deal with not being active. Maybe it'd be interesting to to ask her that if we ever get to meet her. Between that and like Rob Reiner, because Rob Reiner is a very interesting director anyway. Mm-hmm. He is a very interesting director. I agree. I mean, we've all seen When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, oh, that's right. He directed that, too. So he directed mm-hmm. two Billy Crystal movies, like, within a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if yep. he directed any more with Billy. Like, you know how some directors, they have their go-to people, and maybe Billy was you one know, of I was, his. I was wondering that, too, because, like, Rob Reiner has an interesting history anyway, mm-hmm. just because of his background. Right. In case anyone doesn't know, he was Carl Reiner's son mm-hmm. Carl Reiner was Alan Brady on the Dick Van Dyke show those of us that are old enough in the millennia millennials I don't think it was playing that much for any generation before after that but like he was huge like you know Carl Reiner had his own like uh, talent show like, there was a whole thing mm-hmm. and so I think that you know it allowed Rob to kind of come at Hollywood differently and I think maybe that's what made his movies a little bit um their own way like a little bit slower pacing with a lot of so joss whedon's known for a lot of talking mm-hmm. like talk 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 and action at the same time whereas you know i think rob is more known for i mean say from spinal tap but like you know for like the more general audience ones like they're much more they're not as fast they're not slow, but they're not fast. It is a steady pace. Yeah, it is a steady pace. But there's pace. always a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of dialogue. And that steady pace. Because if, any, if anyone's ever seen When Harry Met Sally, they'll know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it, it's like you see that, especially like when he's talking to his friend Ira, I think is his name. Ira, yes. Oh, and no, so no, 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 no. Like... Ira, Ira, no. Ira was the, the, um, the man that his ex-wife was seeing. Oh, right. That's right. What was the name of the other guy? Jesse? No, Jesse was a girl. No, I think it was Jesse. I think... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, uh, some of the names... Cause it's, guys, it's been, like, ten years since I've seen the movie, so... Oh, yeah, Marie... Like, Marie is... My Marie was Carrie Fisher, and I think... I think yeah, Jesse I think he was, was the Jesse. guy. Yeah. I think he was Jesse. Yeah. Because, like, you know, it was very interesting to see how the styles were not exactly the same, but, like, you could definitely see that that, that was going to be his, like tempo for a lot of movies mm-hmm. yeah i think that that is definitely yeah i never thought about that before but you're right yeah he d- he definitely has a style a, a very distinct style i think and i like i like that i like that about him and i like his films yeah i do too like i i really like him because like i was just looking this up because well i'm on my phone because that's what i do and apparently there was a thing in the hollywood reporter that says that Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner, written by Billy Crystal, um, have been friends for 40 years. Wow. Oh, I see. That's right. Because, no. Like, they met in 1975 when Billy Crystal was cast as his best friend. Oh. Was that on uh, On All in the Family. It was, the it, family. Was Robert, it was Mike's best friend. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Because I, rem- I remember um, Rob Reiner very clearly on, on All in the Family. But I right, don't remember. Right, because he played Mike. Yeah, yeah, Meathead, but I, like, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I didn't remember with Billy. That's really cool. So in reading this, it also says that, like, uh, Norman Lear saw Billy Crystal at the comedy store a couple weeks before, and he created the role just for Billy Crystal. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And it was, like, 
it was an episode where um Gene Stapleton and Carol O'Connor, which of course were Edith and Archie, were not on that week. So it was like it was more of a kids' generation. So it gave him more of a it gave Rob more of a chance to kind of stand out a little bit. Yeah, that's that is really cool. So they've been that's a long time yeah. to be friends. That's a long, long time. And apparently Rob was also fixing the script on that ep- on you know the episode and talking to producers and doing all that. So I can see where they would be able to work together if they had been friends for like what twelve years or something before this movie came out. So I can see where they'd be able to find the rhythm of the comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean they they did that brilliantly. I mean the film is just the comedic timing is perfect and um yeah and then of course billy crystal i mean just so brilliant in that role like why don't you give me a cut and pour lemon juice on it like just so funny Boy. so funny and well and what's really weird though is it's like i'm looking at this now according to this billy crystal was 41 when he was in um when harry met sally meg ryan was only 28 but they were supposed to go to college together really huh yeah Carrie Fisher was only 33, and Bruno Kirby, who played his fan, was 71. Wait, what? Bruno Kirby was 71? No, I'm sorry, he was 40. Sorry, he was 40. He died when he was like, I don't know, he died at some point. I was going to say, he looked pretty good for 71. Oh, well, he, well, he, well, he yeah. died at 57, sorry. He would have yeah. been 71 when this was came up. So. Okay. Yeah, he died not too, a couple years ago, I think, right? 2006. Okay, yeah. maybe. <laughs> It's so interesting. Like, sometimes things that happen in the 2000s, I'm like, oh, yeah, a few years ago. Okay, no, like 15 years ago. Oops. <laughs> like, time, time keeps mm-hmm. on slipping. It, it's true. Um, but, I mean, but it, it says a lot. Yeah. About how, like, that that's how he was able to use Billy to to mold that character in a way that the movie needed desperately. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, I'm sorry, any squeaking you hear? I'm in my husband's chair. And God bless the man, he sits backwards in his chair, and it's like one of those desk chairs. And so every time he does that, it gets a little bit more squeaky because oh. it's doing tension things that it shouldn't be. I can't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. Because like, I'm always afraid that like people can hear it in the mic. Um, but so, you know, it, it's just it's interesting to see how that would work out. Because like, when you also think about, because Carol had to be about the same age. Something like that. I would think so, yeah. Which is nice. It's nice when their ages match up. I think so, too. Obviously, it didn't happen when Harry met Sally, so that's kind of really nice. That is nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like that, too. Now, here's a question. You were talking about time slipping and all that. Bring up that song. Like, would you ever want to see the movie remade since they're doing all these reboots and stuff? Like, for me, that's a hard pass. Like, I feel like there's just some things that, like... There are a lot of reboots now, and I think that's fine, and sometimes I do like the remakes, but this one, I'm like, just please leave it alone. Please don't redo it. I don't know. No, no. Just leave it alone. Um, What do you think? I don't I don't know if it would work that well, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's it's a movie of its time as well. Yes, absolutely. Like, Casting-wise, like, I don't know if you would be able to find anyone that would be able to fill all those roles, and I don't mean in the same way. I don't mean, like... Because they, they redid that one, was it last year I think they did it? Where like they had the filming where people filmed it at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if it would necessarily work. Just because we don't have the same caliber of actors. And that's nothing against the calibers that we have now. It's just, you know, in the intervening like 
30 years, there's been a lot of changes. Yeah. Like, Hollywood has changed a lot in what they expect and what, what sells and stuff like that. Yeah, and acting styles have changed, I think. And then, yeah. um, and then there was a uniquely, like, you know, 80s feeling to that. And, you know, certainly... Um, Fred Savage, right? Not Ben is the Ben yeah. is on, on Boy Meets World. Fred Savage is the the one yeah. who's on the Wonder Older Years. One, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, Fred Savage and then Peter Falk. Like, I mean, that was so eighties. I mean, he's playing like this video game, and um, if you look at his room, it's so nineteen eighty. And mm-hmm. you know that that was that was a big part of the film too. Like I, you know, we forget that, or I forget that sometimes. But um, you know, that's really kind of why the film happened was because there's this grandfather reading to his grandson who's sick and. I mean, that, you know, if, yeah, like I said, if you just look at his room, it was very 1980. And I grew up in the 80s. I was a kid then. So, um, you know, it makes me very nostalgic yeah. um, just to see that. So, yeah, very 1980s film. And it would be quite different now. And, yeah, like I said, I just I hope it's not remade because it just it, it's it's just yeah, just leave it alone. People don't remake it. I don't think anyone could take Peter Falk's place, which in case anyone doesn't know, Peter Falk obviously is a grandpa, but he was also Columbo. Mm-hmm. So those of us that are of a certain age and maybe older really remember Columbo. Also, if you have Cozy TV, you probably have seen him on there by now. He's so good. Um, because Cozy TV is a, it's one of those like satellite stations and they have like Cozy Mysteries, so Cozy TV. Oh, uh, I did I not realize have... that existed. Cozy TV, that's amazing. Cozy Mysteries yes. are so big now. You you have to find it because like, sometimes you can find it like on the like you can find them online uh to to watch it for free or whatever if you go through certain like i can't remember the websites i'll have to look them up but like you can find them because we have one here we can watch it from here um occasionally because i forget about it but like i i love them i love cozy mysteries like cozy mystery tv is like my jam guys like if you want if you want to lose me for about six hours let me watch six episodes of murder she wrote diagnosis murder matlock you know but also Columbo, like, because Columbo was a very, like, against stereotypes, you know, and so I, he was definitely not Kojak, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, and I mentioned all that because, you know, I don't know if anyone could have that gruff voice that, you know, that kind of, it wasn't even burly, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, it was very filling like like he filled his trench coats right like he's he he fit that way and so i think that i don't think anyone's could really play that kind of a grandfather role because that was very peter falk it was yeah i don't i don't know that anyone could play him either and or you know take that role like he did um he was just so endearing and like you know he really felt it felt very real to me too like that could have been anyone's grandfather just um yeah, just yeah. a sweet guy who loved his grandson and annoyed his grandson. Um, yeah. And there was an interesting – another one of the videos I watched in prepare for today was they actually had an alternate ending where the grandfather was going to leave and then um, then Fred Savage's character was going to look out the window and see, see Buttercup and Inigo and see them all on the white horses riding by. And Oh, yeah. so very labyrinth. Yeah, very labyrinth. I'm really glad they didn't do that because I think that was very 1980s tropey and like uh, other people are glad that they didn't do it too. Like I really, because they really wanted it to be more about the grandfather's love for his grandson. Well, I I don't think that would have worked. Like it worked for labyrinth because labyrinth, those characters were already in her room. Like those were already, like I she identified with them at that point. So, because I don't, like, I don't know if anyone's ever watched the very end of the labyrinth where you can actually see the characters 
on her bed and around her room, which is literally why they said they're not leaving because she's, they're there. You know, like that's still part of her childhood and that's still part of her, like, you know, whatever. And so I don't think it would have worked very well for, for the Princess Bride at all. Yeah, no, I don't, th- I think it would have really taken away from the movie. I'm really glad that they, I'm really glad they didn't do that. I, I don't think it would have, yeah, it would have, it would have just felt like another 80s cliche movie and um, the movie really stands out, I think. And um, yeah, I don't think it was a necessary scene. I think they made the right choice. But okay, so what would you say about gender gender role swapping? Um, because I everyone should know I I, I titled this Bride of Princess because I've been married to my husband too long. Um, that's very him, and so <laughs> so it just kind of comes that way nowadays. But like I was thinking, I it'd be really hard to recast Andre the Giant. But I was thinking, I don't know her her stage name outside of wrestling, but my husband watches a lot of Eve wrestling, which I don't know if you know what it is, but it's like, it's um it's a women. So it's like women's wrestling in the UK. And it's like, you know, and they, it's very interesting. They get different people from different parts of the world wrestling together. And like, so over here in Germany, the women's wrestling doesn't really have a place, but there's a character that, well, there's a wrestler that goes by the character name of Alpha Female. And I think she's in, I don't know what she's in. I think she's in, she's filming something right now, but I don't remember what it was. Because I saw her on um, a live stream, because they were raising money for Rain the other day. They were doing a live stream of all their old films and, or their old things that they hadn't done in a while and talking to the wrestlers and stuff like that. And um, the the woman that plays Alpha Female, she would be really good in that role. She's like, she's not as tall, but she's built. You know, like, she's got that, she's got that, like, um, brawny build, you know, hence alpha female, I mean, it makes sense, but, like, you know, I could, I could definitely see her in that kind of a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. You know who I actually think, and this is kind of funny, because, um, my husband and I, we, this didn't happen, um, partly because of COVID and partly just because we, we haven't so we went to a um a cost or halloween costume party a few years ago and we had a good time and it was really last minute so we just bought these really cheap costumes and we were talking about what we could do the following year and one of the ideas was that i could be inigo and he would be wesley and i think i think inigo could be recast as a woman yeah i was gonna say like um Catherine Zeta-Jones style. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily Catherine Zeta-Jones, guys, but like, you know, someone with her kind of on-screen charisma. And if anyone's ever seen the movie The Phantom, which stars um, Billy Zane and Christy Swanson, it's based on an old comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my favorite Christy Swanson, even above Buffy, uh, or even the, the Gator one that was on Sci-Fi which is my like third favorite one. But um, I would say like, I, I think that kind of a role would really work. Mm-hmm. Cause she played like, she played the, the female antagonist in that one. And she was like, she was wearing like the, you know, the pilot gear, like, you know, the old school bomber jacket and stuff like that. And I could, I could see that role being female. female. Yeah. I think like, I could, could, see, it, I could yeah. see it easily being a female role. Because... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we know women are good at it. Yeah, women are good at it. <laughs> there, there's that whole French. I cannot remember her name. Uh, is it Julia something? Um, the the French, the French lady that used to go dueling men all the time. 
can't remember her name. Julie Delpy? Oh, no, no, no. It was like, it was like back in like the Regency era, but like she used to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know yeah, her. Name. I cannot remember her name. I will look it up while you speak. But um, she was, um, we know that they can, we know that like women can do that. And obviously they fence now too, by the way. Like I'm not saying anything, but like actual sword, mm-hmm. sword, play, sword, you know, stuff. That's a whole different thing. And so we know they can do that. Like we know women can do that. We see it all the time. Yeah. Oh, little side story here, a little my, going into my Star Trek world here. But there was an episode where, um, in the next generation, where they go back into, um, like, this Robin Hood, um, uh, like, fantasy, um, like, or it's, if you haven't seen the show, basically, it's just, like, um, uh, this uh, being called Q, like, makes them go into this, um, yeah. yeah, into this uh, Robin Hood um other reality but like it's real for them and they they actually have to fight and the only people the only members of the cast who knew how to fight were marina sirtis and gates mcfadden the women they were the only ones who knew how to fence and the um they weren't allowed to like everyone else got to fence they like they dropped flower pots on people's heads even though they knew how to fence oh so yuck yeah so um yeah so, I mean, that was just an example where women knew how to fence there, but they weren't allowed to. So I'm glad that times have changed that way. And yeah, I think, I really do think Inigo could easily be played as a woman. I mean, because I think anyone would could be devastated by the loss of a parent, especially the way his father died. So I think the, the quest that Inigo went on, like that could be someone of any gender. When if you like, if you, if you were to flip, the main villain into a woman it would very easily be it'd be very easy to have it set up to where it was the mother killed yes exactly and and i think because i think there's like um there's knowledge in passing that kind of quality of craftsmanship on that i think that like women don't often get that right Right. like we don't really hear about that that much Mm -hmm. like but but women pass on craftsmanship all the time Mm-hmm. It's, like, true. it's not like men are not the only ones creating these <laughs> these things and so you know it hasn't throughout history so it's really nice when you can see it because i looked up that lady's name by the way and her name is julie see and it was a jewel something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ab- i don't know y'all she's french i can't speak english much less french <laughs> i tried but it's like d little um, thingy majigger and then A U B I G N Y. So I'm just like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I mean, she's a badass, but I don't. I I can't say Julie's name. I remember her name was Jules or Julie or Julia something. Just call I her know, Julie like, Badass. Four, I know. I know like four Julias in my life, pretty much. So <laughs> I remember the first name. The second name, not so much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like I, I would love to see something like I, I would just I think I'd like to see it if they remade it to change it up a little bit and, you know, create different gender expectations. Because when I say flip, like, you know, I say female, but like, I don't necessarily mean like cis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not like, absolutely non-binary. Like, yeah. Okay. And like, and I'm, I'm bringing this up specifically because I know my friend is listening mm-hmm. and I know a couple of other people are listening who we have these conversations a lot. Mm-hmm. about um about trans women and men and how we place someone not cis in in the line of 
you know, roles and stuff. And I think that it would be very easy to say a woman actress, not a cis woman, but a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of fluidity and gender. And I don't want to say that I specifically mean cis because I don't. I just think there's a lot of options <laughs> out there for women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I, I think that that's one thing that the 80s was really bad about. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be really hard to, to redo some of these movies as well. Because it would have been easy to to flip the script a little bit and create one of the characters as a woman. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. Which left, you know, Buttercup as the only one. Mm -hmm. Right? So she And she's like the prize. Yeah, that's that's and, definitely it's a very male dominated movie with all the characters and I don't I don't know if the book was that way. That would be interesting to find out. Yeah, I don't know. I have, I haven't read the book. I've I almost bought it a couple times cuz I've seen it on sale, but I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I choose things I know I'm going to like cuz I'm very much a mood reader, which is why I'm creating something to go along with that, which I'll announce, you know, later next month. But mm -hmm. like I want to make sure that, you know, that things are a little bit more equitable. Mhm. Mm for sure. Because there's a lot more options out there mm -hmm. to to cast, you know? Like, I mean, if you look at the cast, it's an all-white cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, they're, and I'm like, guys, there were, there were, there were actors of color at the time that could have played some of these roles. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I just, I, when I say I want to recast it, I want to recast it across many different levels, not just a revisioning but like an entirely separate entity something that you know something that feels more for what is more known now yeah which is kind of known back then yeah well, i think there were hollywood was not making space for people who were you know not white and not cis and now that space is being made more so I think, yeah, I think that's definitely something. If there ever is a remake, I do hope that they do make space for um, actors of color and non-binary actors and just, um, you know, not just all white cis men. Right. And, you know, and also, like, um, it's easier to, I think it's easier to find options now, too, because, you know, God bless, we've got social media. Like, this isn't like 1980 where it's who you know. Because, like, I mean, like, a lot of the big names we know got those roles because of that. You know, Robert Unglund? Is that his name? Yeah. I keep wanting to call him England, and I was like, I know it's not England. It's Freddy Krueger guy. But, like, he is one that, like, basically pushed Mark Camel to go get his role in Star Wars. Because they were roommates at the time, and they shared an agent, right? So, I mean, so a lot of it is who you know, even if it's not someone that you think you may know. So, and I'm bringing that up because there's just, there's so many more ways to find a cast that can reflect what people, I don't want to say want because it's not want. It's something that we need and we need it because there, the world is full of so much more and by limiting it, you're limiting what you can tell in the story because things may not read the same way. And you're missing some of the depth if you don't kind of diversify. Absolutely. Absolutely. Diversify your thinking, not diversify the cast, but diversify your own thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. So, 
I, wa I wanted to raise that because I, I didn't want people to think that when I was saying recasting, I was thinking in, you know, an equal cast. And I said Catherine Zeta-Jones just because I've seen her in the outfit. So I know mm -hmm. that it it could work. Like you can, you've seen her in that, like she was in the Zorro movie and she was in that God help her. She was in that entrapment movie with, you know, and a very big, large <laughs> asshole. Um, and so it, it's nice to see that, you know, roles are available and women can fill those roles in many different ways. And we've seen it all across TV and everything else now. And we've got streaming options. There's so many people finding their ways that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there really and are so for sure. You know, one of my first thoughts, um, this is a white woman, but uh, was the woman, I can't remember her name, but the one who played Wonder Woman. And Robin Wright, I think, was in that movie, Gail actually. Gadot. I think she played her Gail mom. Gadot. Her mom, right? Yeah. Yeah, she played Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Okay, not maybe not the mom, but, like, yeah, she... I think, no, yeah, because, like, the mom was somebody else. Mm -hmm. I think. I just can't remember who that was. But you're right, because she was training uh, Gail in that movie. Yeah. Oh, have you seen Gallivant? No, I know about it, because... So I have a friend named Jesse who is probably not listening, but I have a friend named Jesse who... I've known for years through Dragon Con, mm -hmm. and I actually met her at Dragon Con one year, and so we've been friends, you know, off and on for like, God, 2008, so 12, 13 years now. But anyway, um, we, she loved Gallivant, like she absolutely loved Gallivant, like she was so angry. <laughs> it was Gal. I we were angry too. Like my husband and I, we loved it. I, I was. <sighs> I didn't think it was going to get a third season, but I was I was bummed out when it didn't. Um, I feel like they wrapped it up pretty well, but like I want to know, like your your friend will know what I mean, but like I wanted to know what was going to happen with the dragon with Tad Cooper and like yeah, such a good show. But I brought it up. I was thinking of some of the characters, and one of the lead characters um, is Karen David, and I think she's from the United States, or maybe she's lived. She either grew up in the U.S. or England. I can't remember where, but she was on Once Upon a Time too. She played Jasmine, and. I know that because I saw that one. Yeah, like I didn't watch a lot of Once Upon a Time, guys. I just I saw I happened to see that one. I I haven't seen it at all, but I knew she was in it, and uh, she in Gallivant she played. Um, I don't know if it was around the same time period, but you know it was kind of like had that sort of medieval feel to it, and she played a princess who was trying to, like she in the first season her family her the her family was part of. I can't remember if it was Valencia or Hortensia. Like, the, it, it's just such a silly show. It's awesome. But um, her family, her kingdom was captured, and she was trying to get, if I'm remembering this correctly, like, capture Gallivant as a ransom or something like that. So she was being made to do that, so she tried to fool Gallivant. Um, but anyway, this is, so I'll just tie it in. Like, I'll try to tie it in a way that makes sense. But basically, like, she... She did sword fighting, she, more in the second season, but, but there's actually, like, this big epic battle, like, a funny epic battle in the second season, where she's leading people out to march, and she's on the horse, and she's got, um, I don't, I don't think she had a sword, because they didn't have swords, she had something, like, they'd run out of swords, so people had, like, pots and pans and stuff, but, um, but she was so good in that role, and I'm like, she could do, like, she, if they were to do a remake, she would be a great, um, Inigo type character she'd be wonderful and she can sing too not that I don't know if they'd be, be doing singing or not but she's a great singer well even if they don't a lot of times in modern movies they've been adding more of the actors if they can sing adding them to the soundtrack 
I mean, most people aren't like Robertson Pattison and, and taking movies just so they can sing, but you know, sometimes they can incorporate <laughs> into the yeah. I mean, it'd be easy. It'd be easy if she was doing that role to sing as you know before looking down and finding Wesley, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have to send you the video. Um, your, your listeners should definitely see um, the song I'm talking about, where it's it's a good day to die, and she's she's singing about you know the people going into battle, and everyone's like, oh, you know what? Maybe we can reschedule. We don't really want to go into you know. It's it's just so funny. Um, yeah. It, Which actually fits the Rob Reiner uh, comedy and the Princess Bride. Yeah, it's very. If you think, if you think mm -hmm. about like crystal and kane yeah it's very reminiscent of that um yeah it's it's a great great show i highly recommend it and yeah i was definitely bummed that it did not get its third season but i i think they the way they wrapped the show up like they they kind of knew it was unlikely that they would get um that they would get another season so they wrapped it yeah, up well. that was that was abc right abc yes yeah because abc is known for if it goes without their uh standards they quickly axe things that maybe they shouldn't axe. Yeah, no, they should um, not have axed it, in my opinion. Like, um, yeah, but the whole, like, it was really funny, like, at the, um, they really kind of poked fun at all that in the show. Like, in the first season, they were singing about, like, or at the second season, the beginning of it, they were singing this song about, wow, we can't, we couldn't believe that we, um, we got a new season. We didn't think we would. And it's, it's, um, it's just hilarious. They're, yeah, just so fun. And yeah, Karen David, she would be an excellent uh, in a go like character I think she'd be wonderful and I, I think that that's so I'm one of the few people that I don't really I don't buy the romance in the princess bride mm -hmm. like I it just it doesn't it falls flat for me a bit mm -hmm. which again I know I'm I'm making statements that may end up with some comments but it just it doesn't work like I see them more as as people that are working together for a goal mm -hmm. But I've never really bought the romance. Because again, bringing this back to Prince of Thieves, God knows. I know, it's an awful movie, guys. But there are some, but there are some elements that actually work. And one of them that works for me is, is in the end, you when you see the things like relief and stuff like that, I think that it was so, so steady that sometimes some of the things that I needed it to do to, to bring it into a full circle didn't necessarily happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think I'm one of the few people that are that way <laughs> when it comes to this movie, because so many people love it. But I, I just like the adventure was great. I just didn't know if I necessarily bought the ending for the for the romance side of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know what you mean too. I mean, I I I buy the romance, but also it's not like I think the adventure and all like everything else in the movie really is what sold me. Um, it it, it balanced everything out really well, but um. I don't know, for me, when I have a romance, I like to have a little build-up, like, you know, a little tension between the characters. Like, this one, like, within, like, the first, what, 15, 20 minutes, she's like, Fawn boy, get me that picture. And then she realizes she loves him, and then they kiss, and that's it. And there's, like, no, like, no building up tension, you know, um, no slow burn. I like a slow burn, you know, um, no... Yeah, so do I. Yeah, like, no, um, they just, they're just in love right away, and, you know, it's sweet, but I don't know, I, I like, I like to see characters, like, slowly falling in love and seeing that part of a story, and you don't get that in this story, so, um, if the rest of the film weren't so awesome, I don't know if I'd even want to be talking about it, but, um, you know, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think the rest of the film is well-balanced, um, 
But yeah, I mean, I I bought the romance, but also like I it didn't. <laughs> I've been I've been listening to a lot of podcasts now, like um, from the uh, do you know who Corey Ryan Forrester is and um and Trey Crowder there. Trey Crowder's the. Um... I, know, I know who Trey. I know who Trey is because <laughs> I I'm friends with some of my former uh, professors on um, Facebook. Which you yeah, got, guys. Sorry, I still have a Facebook. Um, it's a pain in the ass, but I have one because when you live 4,500 miles away from your family, sometimes that's your best option. But I have it, and so he would. Uh, my former my former uh, professor Josh would uh, post it. And so he, I see a lot of his redneck. Yeah, liberal redneck. Yeah, so Trey mm. Crowder is a liberal redneck. And then have you have you seen the Buttercream Dream? That's Corey Ryan Forrester. No. Oh, you you got to look it up. It's so funny. It's so funny. He's like pretending to be a wrestler, and he's like yelling at like all the racist people and stuff. And it's just um, it's so so funny. Um, I highly recommend it. But yeah, so I was talking. <laughs> I brought that up because I was. They say, like, um, you know, when something is good or, like, they like something, they're like, oh, yeah, that hits or that doesn't hit. And we, we do not say that here. Um, I'm, I live in Maine in the northeastern U.S. We don't say that here. So I was about to say, um, yeah, like, you know, the, um, uh, you know, I buy the, um, the romance between Wesley and Buttercup, but it doesn't hit. <laughs> so I'm, you, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it, I, that's really the first word that comes to mind, though. It didn't really... I bought it, but it didn't really do a lot for me. So, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like if they had left that out and just had them be on an adventure together, it would have been fine. I think it would have been fine, too. And, I, you know, I don't know if other people would have felt that way. Um, I know a lot of other people do like the romance, um, and that's fine. But I think they could certainly have made it um, just an adventure between these two. Or, you know, maybe make an adventure and have them fall in love at the end. You know, just give me yeah. a slow burn. Because, <laughs> like... Well, because, like, okay, so when you talk about farm boys and stuff, like, I reverse it in my head, and I think about Ever After, and I think about how Danielle threw the apple at Prince Henry, right? And so that's their first introduction, and it's a very different setup, but it's roughly the same time period, I would say, like, in in magical <laughs> fairy tale world. It's set somewhere around the same time, and I'm I'm thinking of, like, I... I bought that romance because there was there was more of an emotional connection even in that moment of her like smacking him with the apple and him like what the hell mm -hmm. like but you know what I mean like there there was obviously something there to that yeah and I I just I didn't buy that with Wesley and Buttercup because I think it was a case of tell not show. And so you're telling me this, but what are you doing a little bit that's like showing me that? Mm -hmm. That's very so you're, true. You're yeah, forcing it without actually like indicating where it's coming from. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you don't really see where it's coming from so much. And then, um, you know, he's away for so long and then mm -hmm. he comes back and their love is just as strong. And, you know, and that happens. That absolutely happens. But um, I don't know. I... Yeah, I feel like that was definitely missing for me, too. And it would definitely be interesting to see, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I repeat myself, I do this a lot, but I would definitely like to see a slow burn if... Uh... And Gallivant was actually sort of like that, because, um, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, but um, uh, the Karen David's character, her name was um, Isabella, but she went by Izzy, and 
then Gallivant, they had, um, they were slowly falling in love over the season and then they realized they love each other at the end. And so, yeah, that's what I like. I like slow and then build up to emotional how they... Emotional connection. Emotional connection, yeah. Like, yeah. I call it emotional foreplay. Yeah, yes. Right? Yes. There was no emotional foreplay with Wesley and Buttercup. They just... They Which, realize they love each you. other and kiss in the sunset, and there you. And is this a kissing book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. okay, but but tell me how you get to that level. Like, explain to me. Like, like I felt like even when they were they were doing the scenes of them together, they were still kind of separate a bit. Like mm-hmm. they weren't. They didn't have that. They they were missing that. I think they were missing that connection that I I. Like as a person that that you know reads a lot of romance and watches a lot of romance and y'all, I watch the cheesiest shit off of Hallmark I can find sometimes. So it's not that it's just, it was like no burn. But you know, you you're shown little bits here and there where you can see the characters connecting. And I that I think comes from the fact that like one of my favorite movies of all time is The Cutting Edge. I still need to see that. I'm a huge figure skating fan, and I still have not seen it. <laughs> Look, I'm demanding you see it and we'll talk about it again. Okay? So, because I love The Cutting Edge. Because, like, Kate is, like, Kate is very much like Kate in Taming of the Shrew in many ways. But she doesn't have, like, she doesn't, she even goes through some of the degradation at some points, which I'm not a fan of. But you watch the characters going through these adversarial moments and they're still like together there's still like a a character group but you can see them working together yeah and so i think that that's the kind of stuff i want to see you know like i want to see where i mean because like in the movie um uh one of the characters calls what they're doing as a like you know foreplay and it is like those those it's not even the enemies to lovers so much as it's just the they're in a situation together. So why wouldn't they have some kind of commonality? Mm-hmm. And I felt like sometimes that was missing in the fairy tale aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. like, even like, even in like, you know, beauty and the beast, take your pick about which one. Um, they're, they're still like ignoring that whole Stockholm syndrome conversations people have. They still are in a situation and they bond in that situation, that trauma. And I feel like, you know, going through a forest where rats are trying to eat you is a trauma bonding moment. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, maybe that's just me. But I think if something the size of, you know, like a hippo is trying to eat you. Yeah, that's that is trauma. Yeah, 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 trauma. I mean, you know, when he's already been a pirate and then. You know, they, she's been lit on fire and um, they fell, like, right. you know, they went into the, I mean, that's like, there's like trauma upon trauma upon trauma there. So, yeah, trauma bonding. I mean, like, when you're in that situation together, that's one thing that people come together. And so I just, I feel like it, it wasn't, that maybe Rob forgot that part of it. Yeah. Because, like, I think... I think he saw the I think he saw the adventure and forgot about the romance that goes together with it. That's entirely possible. Yeah. And like and then too, I mean, we're talking about trauma bonding and you know, to bring it back to the rats, like 
I think that if you are bonded with someone on a journey like that, like if you're feeling that bond, then you're not just going to stand there and watch while a giant rat tries to kill them. Like, so yeah, I think that, you know, and that could certainly be, that I think is one of the reasons too why like their, their relationship, I, I buy it, but it doesn't really do it for me because it's, um, something like that just feels a little one-sided maybe. I don't know if that's yeah. the right way to put it, but like, you know, if, no, it's definitely one-sided. Yeah, I mean, if my husband were being eaten by a rat, I would be, like, grabbing everything I could to knock the rat out and just, yeah. Right? I mean, even, like, even if I didn't know who that person was, mm-hmm. they're trying to save my life. Right. Let's extend the favor a bit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Totally. You know, and so, that's, like, that's the side of the Princess Bride I don't really buy, which is funny because I'm on a romance podcast. But... You know, it's, I would, like I said, I'd buy it more if it was an adventure of people that were together, <laughs> like childhood friends. Yes. Like if they'd been childhood friends and like something happened and he disappeared and she's just like, the hell? Mm-hmm. And you're back and why? But we have this to deal with. So, and who are these people and why are they on our side? You know, can we have conversations in the middle of all this fighting? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, it would be I wonder if the book goes more into their backstory. That would be interesting to see if there's like if they go right from as you wish, let's kiss in the sunset and then Wesley goes away to be a pirate. Like do they is it that short and then they go right into yeah. the adventure or is there more of a build up? You know, do we see them falling in love and how Wesley winds up being a farm boy on her farm and yeah. It would be really interesting to see. And her family, you know, who's her family? Does she own the farm by herself? Like, I have questions about this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because it's like she's, like, young when this starts. Like, so, like, I, I don't think she's running the farm by herself. Yeah, right? She she doesn't, because she doesn't seem mucky. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't seem to be, like, in the muck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she so doesn't. So, like, very cleanly dressed. Like, like she said, she wants to, like shine is like she wants to see her face in this in the see my face shining by morning yeah (laughs) yeah so like if you're looking to see that yeah obviously you're not you're not down in the the mucks very often very true yeah you know and i'd also like to hear the story about like you know how did prince humperdinck come to pick her like he just thought hey this woman's pretty and i you know and he's um you know the secret is that he's he's going to murder her on the wedding night so they can start a war mm-hmm. but um she wants to murder herself yeah yeah so he um yeah so he like how did he come to oh. choose buttercup oh you know what part another part of the movie i don't like is um before like when she and wesley are arguing and she still thinks like they're up on that um that big hill and and they they're arguing and he hasn't said who he is yet and she still thinks he's the dread pirate roberts and he's just being so nasty to her and being like, yeah. did you wait all this time? And da da da. It's like, well, why don't you just tell her? Like, why are you grilling her? Why don't you know? You're like being mean. Just, you know, there's a better way to ask. It's, <laughs> like, you know. it's it's a little it's a little pilly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Just um, you know, and I didn't notice that growing up, but now that I'm older and I'm kind of learning, you know, learning more about um, I don't know if that was gaslighting exactly, but just it wasn't, you know, that wasn't. It was an unfair advantage. Yeah, it, it, like he had, he held, he held all the cards in that situation and didn't extend a branch to her. Say, hey, like you know, like 
say something she knows, right? Like, it doesn't have to be as you wish. Say something like, you know, you know, how did the saddle look? Or You know what I mean? Like, you can establish a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to make it like, how dare you leave me? Or, you know, or like, that she didn't know it was him. But, you know, like, you, you abandoned or what was it? Like, I don't know. Did you wait? Did you wait a week for the, you know, out of respect for the dead? Like, you know, like, he... I don't know. That was just so... It was very gross. It was gross. Yeah. Like, you know, and I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean, she thought he was dead. What was she supposed to do? Wait for a dead guy? Like, you know... Um, right. And obviously, you know, the death cannot stop true love line. Like, I, I got to admit, that get, tugs at my heartstrings a little bit. But still, like, you know, <laughs> if someone's dead, like, or you think they're dead, you shouldn't have to wait for them. And... Right. For him to get all pissed off at her for, you know, thinking, you know, for moving on and marrying someone else. Like, um, I don't know. It was just silly. You weren't there, so how would she know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, she's not going to know. And, like, ugh. That, that, you know, the older I get, like, the more I watch that scene, I'm like, ugh. You know what? She should have pushed him down the hill. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, yeah. sometimes, sometimes actions are relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because like, um, I'm I'm currently listening to an audiobook called "The Tycoon's Vacation" by Melody Ann, and I'm listening to it. It's almost becoming a hate listen at this point, but I started it, so I'm going to finish it because I'm trying. I've read DNF like six books this month. I'm trying not to make it seven or eight or nine, and so. And yeah, because like some of them are just they they've been really hard for me to read. Just the writing style was wrong, or the characters, or whatever. But like in the in in this one to relate it back to this, you know, this guy owns this resort and he's uh, in the surf like surfing and he hits this beautiful lady over on the head. And so, but he owns the resort, but he doesn't tell her that until a week later. Mm -hmm. So he has all his staff, like, you know, making sure not to disturb her or, let, or rather not letting her know, blah, 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 blah. So like, this whole like cover up and making, and then like, he wonders why she's mad when she like slaps him. And I'm like, because she slept with you and you didn't even say who you were. You pretended you were someone else. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, it's a level of trust. Like, why don't you trust me? Like, if you're trusting me enough to love me or you're trusting me enough to sleep with me that, that way. Like, obviously you're trusting me because you didn't use a con In the book, they didn't use a condom because it's a surprise baby or whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's a series. <laughs> Not a fan of but that like, trope. But yeah, anyway, right. go on. Yeah. But yeah. But so like, but there's this whole thing of like, you know, he comes up five months later and he's like, you know, well, why... You know, why are you so mad at me? I was like, because you lied about your identity. Like, she thought she was falling for somebody that was not you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, if you don't understand that, it's the same thing in this situation, I think, of you have to, like, you can't be mad for someone for not knowing if they have no idea what's going on. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, he really was not putting himself in her shoes there at all. It was just all, uh, oh, you hurt my feelings, I'm a dude, and you you didn't wait around for me, and, you know, yeah, all that, all that, and, yeah, first, yeah. I know that uh, this film is lit, which talks about the book and the movie a lot. Um, their first episode was The Princess Bride, so I think maybe we should be listening to that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> because, like, the, that was the first episode, and it talks about it, so... I, I haven't listened. I didn't. Even, it didn't even occur to me because I keep forgetting there's a book. 
Um, but I'm going to say everyone should just go listen to that after they listen to this because it's another take on The Princess Bride. So Yeah, I will have to check that out too. Because you, you were asking about the book and I was like, wait, I know there's someone that does that. <laughs> it just didn't occur to me that it was a book. I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, I forget sometimes too. It's interesting like... And, you know, there's this whole, sometimes I feel like since I have a library background, I'm like, oh, but I'm supposed to like the book better. I'm supposed to read the book first. But there's so many movies out there that are based on books that you don't even realize. And then, um, I don't know, like Rambo and um, yeah. 101 Dalmatians. Although for that one, I was going to say some of these um, ones that I'm mentioning, like I kind of don't want to read the book, but the 101 yeah. Dalmatians original book, like that is really good. I highly recommend that. I think it's better than the movie. So Although I think I, I think I read the book first, though, so that might be why I oh, think that too. Speaking of that, though, are you, um, how do you feel about the Emma Stone, Cruella? Uh, uh, I've not seen. I've not seen. It's there. They, if you look, they've actually got. It's not out yet, I don't think, but there's a trailer for it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to take a look. Um, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like an interesting concept, like. Well, didn't they already have Glenn Close do that too? Like, yeah. Well, it's basically it's basically playing her young, playing oh, Glenn okay. Close's character. So it's basically like, it's a well, from what I gather, it's a bit like that. It's, and like some of it reminds me a little bit of um, the Devil Wears Prada from the from the uh, oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. from the you know trailer or whatever. But you should go watch it. Yeah, I'll have to take a look. I mean, I do like stuff like that. You know the. Where, you know, where did this person come from and, like, prequel type. Yeah. Well, I don't usually like prequels, but I like something like that where you get to see a character from the beginning. But it'll um, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully it's not going to be like a Star Wars, like, the first three movie. Or, you know, the episodes one, two, three, sorry, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah the, ones that, the ones that no one ever talks about because they involve things that just make no sense. Oh, my gosh. That, um, that first one. Oh, my God. I don't want to go too off topic here. But, like, that. I, I don't, don't. What happened in the first one? I have no idea. I don't know what happened. I just remember a race and that's it. <laughs> I, I don't know anything because I honestly don't really like Star Wars. So I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, I'm saying all my like I don't like opinions apparently are coming out on this episode. (laughs) But like I just I don't I can't get into it. Like it's just like if I want to if I want to do something with a space opera, I'm gonna do something like um the House of what is it called? I gotta get the second book soon uh because before the third one's coming out soon. Oh, it's a spark. It's a spark of white fire. I think is what it's called. Mm It's a space opera, but it's on the um. Oh, I cannot remember how to say it, but it's based on Indian mythology. So that sounds um, yeah. If you like if if you like that kind of stuff, I highly recommend that book. Um, it, it's like it was really good. Like I I devoured this book in like a couple of days, and it's like it's someone from an Indian background writing it. So I think it's uh, it's by Sangu Sangu um, Mandana. I think is how you say it. It's very good. It's like a it's a spark of white fire. It's a celestial trilogy. So it's it's like that. Like it's it's got like those kind of like elements to it. It's got like you can definitely see where the Star Wars influence was, but I think it's much better done. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's much. It was written like three years ago, four years ago. But you get what I mean. Like it's like there's more. It's it's got a tighter story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do definitely like a tighter story for sure. And you can definitely see where George Lucas was inspired by 
all the stuff. When you read the book, you can see you can see the the parts that were inspired by the mythology, and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Have you so have you seen any of the films or just some of them? I mean, I've seen some of them, but like I'm I'm of the age that I had a Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, I did too. Oh, I had Grubby. My sister had Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, see, I had Teddy Ruxpin, and I didn't like Teddy Ruxpin after I saw the Dagum Ewoks. Mm-hmm. Because they terrified me for life. I'm like, it's, it's, like, I, I recently had Sarah Blair on for Halloween, and it's like a devil koala meets a Teddy Ruxpin, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah, those, those Ewoks are kind of yeah. scary. Yeah, I was just asking because, you know, that this is a romance podcast, so, um, they're, like, I haven't seen all the films, but my, my least favorite one is Rogue One, and a big reason is just because, um, it doesn't have so spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it like all the other ones that i've seen like they're you know there might be a death or two here but like the good guys win and all that but in this one like every freaking character dies they all die and it's depressing and sad um but they're they're the two characters um i don't remember their names now um diego luna played one of them and then the other one was um oh what is her name she played the wife in um Wow, I'm really bad with names right now. Um, okay, hang on. I'm gonna okay, I don't it. remember half of them anyway. Yeah, let me, well, I'll look that up. But anyway, like, those two characters. You talk, I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was in, in Rogue One. Um, and it was just the two of them, like, they they had a really, like. Felicity Jones? No. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's it, yes. So I knew, I, I thought it might have been Jones something. Jones Jones was part of the name. Yeah, like, her and Diego Luna, like, they just had, like, this, it was kind of my, like, angsty, like, slow burn kind of romance feel to it. Um, and obviously, it, it was not a romance because they died. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my jam more. So I didn't like that movie, but I did like the two of them. So, yeah. Little, little sidebar, okay. but... <laughs> Be interested to hear what your listeners think if they, um, you know, if you have any listeners who are Star Wars fans, I would be interested to see what people think of that um, because I think people are divided on that one for sure. Well, I kind of want people to talk in the comments because, guys, like this is going to go up on on um, podcast, you know, pod places, but also it goes up on YouTube. So please, I'm not going to say this loudly because I'm monitoring all my YouTube comments, folks. But um, you can make a comment on it and, and tell me what you guys think about some of these questions. Because, like, I want to know, like, have you read the book? Like, have you read, um, you know, The Princess Bride? Have you, uh, have you like, you know, how do you feel about the romance? Like, how do you feel about the romance in other, like, in, you know, like, Rogue One? Like, you know, how does this compare to your experiences as, as a romance person? Because, like, you can always catch me on Damsel's Twitter, literally damsel's podcast but like you know not everyone has twitter so (laughs) there are other options you know there's also like other places i'll talk about at the end of the episode but like you know let me know what what you guys think about the romance and how this works Mm -hmm. yeah i would i'm totally like i'm excited to hear what people have to say about that um i'm still kind of new to the romance genre like i you know i read romance sometimes growing up and i i think i did i watched more romantic films but i'm really kind of becoming more part of that fandom now I guess if that's the right word like I'm still I'm still learning a lot and learning what I like but um yeah I always find it fascinating to hear like what tropes and what kind of stories people like and yeah I'm interested to hear what your listeners have to say and you're totally a slow burn fan yes oh 
Yes, I love a good slow burn. So to that, if anyone has these slow burns they would like to recommend to you. Yes, please. I, I know that a lot of people like Mariana Zapata. I have not read her, so I cannot say yes or no, but she's got a lot of really um, high recommendations from across booktube and Twitter and podcasting and stuff like that. So, but like, you know, let us know who your recommendations for a slow burn are. Yes. I would love to hear who people like for slow burns. Um, yeah. And love how can me a good slow you? burn. Mm-hmm. How can they give you any recommendations? Where can they find you to do that? You can find me on Twitter, and the I've got a couple of accounts. Um, the one I use for my booky stuff, books more, and for romances, uh, it's Carrie Berry, K E R R Y B R A R Y. And then I've got one where I do more Star Trek content. Um, I haven't been on there as much lately, but it's Care Bear Lib. It's K E R R B E A R L I B. And then. Um, if you want to follow my podcast, it's um, Muppet Profiles on Twitter. So you can definitely follow us there, too. Because, yeah, like, I know that, like, you're on a lot, and I want people to give – because, like, I can take the recommendations, but it doesn't help if it, you don't see them. I mean, granted, you follow me, and <laughs> we talk all the time, but, you know, if people want to reach out, I want to be able to be able to get in touch with you and let them know. Yeah. You know, what, what are good romances? Like, what is, what's a good slow burn romance? Because that's totally a trope that – it's really popular, so yeah. Hit me up, people. I want to know. I want to. I want to know what you like for your slow, slow burns. Put it on my. To to add to that though, steam level. How steamy do you want the books to be? Oh, steamy. Um, so how how does one rate steamy? Like there. Well, like, do you want it to be like there's like closed door or you know fade to black? I want to put that one. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's you know like. Like I so when when I do my ratings on on uh, Instagram, I now have like it's usually like one to five. Mm-hmm. So like one being closed door, five being like a Katie Roberts, for instance. You mm-hmm. know. Um. So like, where would you fall on that line? Um. I would fall maybe like a three or a four. Like I don't like. Uh... I think five is a little much for me, um, but yeah, like a three or a four maybe. Like I like to, I, I like a good sex scene, you know. Um, I just read this book by Beverly Jenkins, um, and Forbidden, and She's a great author. it was it was really good. But like I was so, uh, I was so disappointed by the sex scene. It just like, like which book did you read? Uh, Forbidden. Um, ah, uh, yeah, that. That's I love that book, but it's not steamy. It's better as a slow burn to like a. It's more of a slow burn, like a soap opera. Yeah, I mean it's slow burn, you know forbidden I mean? love, and like you know with a build up with these two people who like shouldn't be together, um, or who think they shouldn't be together, um, like with that kind of a build up, like I need a little bit of a sex scene, like you know. Um, yeah, it was very, um, I don't know the right word, just, um, I need a little more description. So, yeah, so you need, like, yeah, so you need, like, a three or a four. You need something that's going to, yeah, give you a little bit of a, which actually maybe maybe why we didn't, like, and maybe why neither one of us really cared for this mm-hmm. romance, because there was no slow burn, there was no buildup, there was no anticipation, there was no emotional foreplay, there was no payoff at the end of that right they were they were already in love like their love story like it had already i i like the before building up to when they fall in love and this was just like boom they're already in love so yeah and i think that's why it didn't work for either one of us yeah i think so too 
I think that that is probably why. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. slow burn three or four on the steamy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to say that you need some slow burns with some steam, not quite, not quite Katie or, you know, Nikki Salone or anything like that, but something that's, you know, got a little bit, like a three, which is like, I think most romance usually comes around a three, like the popular slow burn. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll ask people to give you that and they can find you again at Muppet Profiles. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's my podcast. And then, um, if you're looking for like the best place to reach me for, for book recommendations is, uh, Carrie Carrie Berry. Yeah. K-E-R-R-Y-B-R-A-R-Y. Yep. So we're going to catch you there. And then of course there's the Star Trek that has not done that much. And there is... The fan fiction, which you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've have not gone public with this yet, so I'm. This no, is, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not yeah. asking about that. No, I'm no, no, no. Yeah. No, no. You know what? Not I can yet. actually. I can. <laughs> not yet. I don't. I don't want to closet anybody. Yeah. Um, no, no. It's okay. It's is, fine. Um. You've got. You've got the fan fiction. So, I, I do write know, fan fiction. Your, yes. your, mm-hmm. your, your friends. friends that are listening to this will know how to contact you from the fan fiction side and they may be able to give you some really good fan fiction that see me that's based on some of this not necessarily this book because or this movie because i think you'd probably blow your head off but yeah like not not kill but like blow like boom volcano um it would probably be too much for you on that one yeah but um i i think that like um you could definitely they should be able to find you there so that works out well for sure like i yeah. said i'm i'm trying not to let anybody know but just like you've got your fan fiction so you've got that community you've got the romance community you've got the star trek community so there's there's plenty there's you know ways people can get in touch with you on on how to find sure yeah i mean give if, you the best romance mm-hmm. i'm still kind of getting comfortable with the whole fan fiction thing but if anyone wants to dm me like i'm more than happy to give you like where you can find it and actually so part of the reason I'm still a little reluctant to talk about it is like, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of hypocritical because like the stuff I write is a five, right. <laughs> but I don't but like to read fives as much. I like to write it, but I don't always like to read it. So, but that's, I was going to say, but that's different because what you can like, what you write is different than what you read because you know what you're visualizing when you're reading it. Sometimes you don't always know because you don't know the next page of what you're reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I'm glad it makes sense. <laughs> it does not. It wasn't making sense to me, but now it does. So thank you for saying yeah. that. No, it, it that absolutely makes sense to me because it's like I was telling um I was telling Dee the other day that I. I see things cinematically when I read, like, that's just how I see things. Like, I don't mean that, like, you know, I see it in a movie form. Like, I see it as a moving picture. That's how I've always been able to, to see things. And so I have to be careful. Like, that's why I don't read horror or I don't read, like, super dark romance or stuff like that. So so there is that. In a minute, we got to wrap up because my dog is looking at me for my husband to take her O-U-T. Yeah. yeah no worries. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad we did this though. I love I love talking to you. So I'm Me really too, glad we did but this. like I, I I wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, like it's you know, how you process is how you process and how you see things and how you vision them is how you envision them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Aww. true. Oh, thank you. Hi Penny. <laughs> yeah, she's making her little coughing noises to go outside. That that means her her bladder is so she's got kind of like um jacked up mm-hmm. um lungs from 
very cool children when she was in Spain, and oh, so. But sometimes if she lays wrong, if she's got a full bladder or something, it, it gives her, it makes her cough a bit. Mm, it's too much pressure on her inner sides. And right now she's just leaning up at me like, oh, pet stinks. Oh. I, I found her on the couch. She came up to me on the chair, and so. I keep forgetting I have the headphones on so I can just sit and pet her. Like, now. She just did her, you've seen it, she did her little flop. Yes, I love her flop. She's so cute. Yeah, she just flopped at me. She's smelling me like, oh, pets, thanks. Oh, yeah. I should actually probably go feed my cats. I'm sure they're probably going to be coming down. If you want to keep your hair ties, yes. Yes, yeah, my, my kitten, um, she's she's almost full grown now, but um, she has started eating my hair ties, and that's not good for her or for me or for anyone involved. So, yeah, have to yeah. keep her from eating the hair ties and give her food. You got to go feed her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This was so fun, and yeah, I hope you have a good rest of the day. Oh, I definitely will. Um, he's going to take her out, and then we'll just kind of relax, and I'll work on my secret project a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Me too. Yeah. Well, have a good night, and thanks again. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. I like it when you come on. I love being on. All right. All right, then I will let you go and stop recording. Okay. <laughs> so, what did you think? Was it a good episode? I thought so. I hope no one hates me after my evaluation of the romance. So sorry. It just doesn't feel like a romance movie to me. I also may have sounded a little bit nervous when I was discussing the recasting, and that is simply because I could not think of Nyla Rose's name when I saw her in my face. So that was kind of like, that's why I kept talking about alpha female, because they're very similar in ability to, you know, throw someone over a ledge. So I hope <laughs> that guys take no offense to that I did not mean to I'm just putting that out there I did a little bit of a preview just to make sure everything was okay because I really do not want to insult anybody I promise if you guys have fan casting please please let me know you can catch me on Twitter Facebook Instagram at damsels podcast you can also find this episode on damselspodcast.com which also has comments below it, so please feel free. My host has a thing, and we can just transport and import it in, and it's all kind of cool. Now, to talk about next month. Next month is Cinderella month. Yay! I love good Cinderella retelling, guys. Like, I don't even know why, but that's always been one of my favorite fairy tales. I like the Grim Grim Brothers one, but I like the other kind more. <laughs> Especially the ones recently where women have gotten a lot more agency. And in the way of that, the reason that there is a Cinderella month is ever after. So my plan is to have an episode with hopefully a few guests and we discuss ever after and how it felt and what we enjoyed about it. Like if was it important to us, if, you know, the romance made you sigh, spoiler alert, I really sighed, but you know, how the, the, World of Danielle was just rocked when she decided to have her own agency and do her own rescuing multiple times, not just of herself, but other people. I just think it's amazing. So I can't wait to have that. And before that, 
I am going to be doing an episode for KT Grant's Cinderella and the Lady. I am looking for a guest as of right now when this goes live. So, if you would like to be on the episode to discuss it, you can email me at damselspodcast at gmail.com because I am nothing if not consistent when it comes to the name branding on this thing and how to contact me. There's also some new posts going up for Make It Sweet by Kristen Callahan. And I would like to put that up. That's not a mythology, by the way. It's just a good one. I'm also currently reading, I'm going to say her name wrong, but Aranita? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. It's um, Theseus's helper with the Minotaur. It is the king's daughter, so I can't wait. Again, it's that kind of month. I'm going to try and clear that out quickly so I can get to more arcs coming next month and I cannot wait for that because those are some pretty big ones and I can't wait to share my opinions with you. I also have a web sheet now of all my cow pile you know rating system which I will link to that and the cow pile system later or under comments below because I think it's really cool and it helps you understand how I rate books and why I rate them. I substitute the logic of the world because I consider that kind of more of the the plot and the writing for romance, but I consider that the logic to be the relationships within the world. Like, not just the characters, but like how it builds on the world and stuff like that. So it's the characters and world building together. I hope you guys <laughs> have a good day. I, again, am so grateful for Carrie. You can catch her at K-E-R-R. B-E-A-R-L-I-B for her book and her conversations with that. You can also find her at Carrie Brary, which is at Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, B-R-A-R-Y. And of course, again, at Muppet Profiles, which you guys should be on the lookout for because soon I will have an episode talking about Skeeter, the most underrated Muppet I was previously on for Grover, so it's kind of an interesting flip-flop there. I hope you guys have an amazing day. It's at-home times right now, but go out, even if it's just like, go to your window and just take a breath. You know, just be happy, or go dive into a book. Oh my god, there's so many good books coming out, guys. I cannot wait until they're all out, and we can all talk about them, and we can just have conversations, because summer is coming, and... I know, I know, it's spring now, but summer will be here in three months, so let me have it. So, you know, I can't wait to talk about things and to get things going. I'm also doing a secret project on the side, which I will not talk about now. I will be waiting until probably the next episode. I'm setting some things up now. So, again, you can email me, contact me, do everything at Damsel's Podcast. I am a little bit of everywhere. And of course, I have my reading challenge, which is Challenging Damsels. You can use the hashtag Challenging Damsels to get in touch. You can also join, there's a Facebook group, and it's just under Challenging Damsels. And it's a pretty simple process to join. I just want to see what people are reading because I think the prompts are pretty good. And especially relevant right about now. So I look forward to talking to you guys next time and 
hopefully I'll have a little bit more news along the way. Bye, guys. <laughs>